real. Welcome to the stage, Kenny Burns. What's happening? Y'all feel good? Say yeah. I'm going to take this hot ass coat off in two seconds. I just want y'all to see the whole outfit. Uh, Capricorns? Is it still Capricorn season? Okay, you lucky. I want to bring out uh, three individuals that I think represent Atlanta great um, and very well on the fashion side, just the lifestyle side in general. First, I would like to bring the beautiful Sky to the stage from Sets by Sky. She's my spirit animal. And we did a little Coca-Cola thing on accident. We ain't even planned it. And she got on Dickies. Give it up for Sky, y'all. Uh, next, I'd like to bring to the stage my brother from another mother. He is the uh, creative director at Wish, Ronaldo Nehemiah. That co-fi, boy, that co-fi. And last but not uh, least, uh, he's a legend in Atlanta, as far as I'm concerned, the owner of Motor 404, Quasi Bill Kataria. Um, I don't know if you all know everything about Virgil. If you know everything about Virgil, put your hands high. You don't. Let me help you. Uh, Virgil Abloh is an American fashion designer, entrepreneur, artist, and DJ who has been the artistic director of Louis Vuitton's menswear collection since March 2018. Abloh is also the chief executive officer of the Milan-based label Off-White, a fashion house he founded in 2013. Can you show them the original? That's an original piece you got on stand-up, Quasi. Turn around. Okay, great. Yeah, that's his original. Oh, wow. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is also a trained architect, Abloh, who also worked in uh, the Chicago street fashion scene uh, with one of his first offerings, the Daily Making Dollars Tea. Chicago's in the building? Uh, fashion Geek Zoe, are you in the building? I got this information. I got a cheat sheet. Uh, he also had his first collab with Leaders, um, a famous streetwear movement out of Chicago, designed the chain tee with his uh, then company, VAA LLC. Did anyone know he had a company called VAA LLC? We're learning tonight. This is going to be a learning curve for all of us. Uh, and personally, what I'm most proud of is that he is the first American of African descent to be named artistic director at a French luxury fashion house. Give it up, please. Time Magazine also named him one of the uh, 100 most influential people in the world. So how many people remember the first time they saw Virgil or heard of Virgil? Not many? I'm loving this. Um, there was an infamous photo taken by a photographer by the name of Tommy Tan. And it was outside of the Calm Des Garçons show, and what is obviously widely circulated on the net, and it featured, can we get that picture up there on the screen? It, fe it featured Don C., Taz Arnold, Chris Julian, Kanye West, Fonsworth, Bentley, and then it featured an unknown Virgil Abloh. Did anyone know that? You ain't no shit. <laughs> no one is scared of anyone in this room. For those who didn't know, now you know. That started... Uh, that's actually those Yeezys or the Louis Vuitton Yeezys that everybody was going crazy over when he did his Louis Vuitton uh, offering, his first Louis Vuitton offering. So we're going to start the first question, and I want to open this up to our amazing panel. Um, what do you think Virgil's contribution has meant to Atlanta fashion culture? Um, 
Virgil has made an amazing impact as far as like uh, fashion and art, and also has given the opportunity for a lot of people to actually step outside the box to actually make a difference in fashion and fashion world because um, you know we're living in the days where people wear more casual leisure wear as opposed to wearing a suit. So now everything's more so streetwear. Ronaldo Nehemiah. The influence of everything that he has done for me as a young black male, you know, from the South, just a young black African-American male, period, to strive to do what we was not supposed to be to do. Um, giving me the inspiration to being a young black creative director in a city that's powerful and being powered by, you know, by African-Americans, it gives me the strength every day to see the iconic things that he's doing for me to say, I want to do the same thing to take Atlanta to the world as well and speak for Atlanta to the world as well and, and everything that I do, you know, being a creative director at Wish. So by him being that staple, that trophy that I can look at every day and, and study, you know, is my inspiration to, you know, do that. Right. Yeah. I think it allows us to, to be able to think outside the box. We see someone who's doing something like that that looks like us and now it allows us to think that it's tangible for us, men right. and women alike, black and brown. Right. It's very important. Absolutely. I think um, I think he blew up because he made bigger clothes. Bigger like. I, I think there was a time when <laughs> no bullshit. <laughs> I think there was a time where where designer clothes were not made for black men. I think that there was a time, you know, even when I started Ryan Kenny, the problem we were having uh, and we were the second black designers ever in Saks Fifth Avenue, by the way, with Ryan Kenny. But, go on, hello? What, that's... Ow! Aaron, we need shots. Aaron, Yemma. Um, but I think he, he kind of he hit a mark. I mean, he, he was making things that could fit athletes, that could fit, you know, oversized people. And I think that, you know, when you saw... No, I mean, black men have shoulders. We have butts. We have guts. We, you know what I'm talking about? And I think he literally coined it and hit a home run with it. Because if you think of his first offering, which was Pyrex, you know, it was a whole, you know, it was a whole thing. Like, you know, was, they were big. He took the flannels from Ralph Lauren. He printed on the back of them. I think, Zoe, you told me there was a, a, a flash sale at Polo when that happened. Zoe, where you at? Fashion Geek, Zoe? Come on, this is my cheese. Zoe, stand up, Zoe. Stand, stand up, Zoe. Come this on, is bro. Fashion stand Geek, up. Zoe. He has geek out of Chicago. Right. So the rumor has it that he there was a flash sale at, at Ralph, right? And he bought all the sizes and he painted Pyrex on the back, right? Okay. And they had huge sizes. Okay, cool. I just I don't want I want to have all facts, and we're gonna get to the facts. I want facts. If I'm coming in the audience with the microphone, especially to the white people. Okay. Question number two. How do each of you characterize? Atlanta streetwear. Now I wanna I don't wanna set you up with this question. Cause you're from LA originally. One hundred percent from and LA, yes. Dickies is a LA Atlanta thing too, right? We share that, right? Um, but how do you characterize Atlanta streetwear? Because Dickies is totally Atlanta streetwear. I just wore Dickie's suit to cassette two weeks ago. So honestly, I think Dickies is a as a is a special a special case because it's universal. This is this is like the poor man's uniform. That's what it started as. So it's not just an L.A. thing. It's not a Southern thing. It's a U.S. thing. 
um, everyone wore these when they wore when they went to work. So it resonates. But I don't think I don't think everyone had the tailored fit before Atlanta. I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, this is an evolved fashion. The look. new Dickies has the tailored. This yeah, is, I mean, this is 2020. Just, okay, <laughs> but. Everyone can can relate to this in one way or another. Either someone's grandfather wore this to work, or in 2020, someone's panel speaker wore it to a panel. <laughs> um, Set by sky. All right, all right. Um, it's it's relatable, but it's also it's practical, and that's why I like it. That's also like why I like Dickies in general, or anything like this, a jumpsuit, because I can wear these to work. I can wear these on a set, and then I can take my shoes off, put heels on, and go to dinner if I want to. Um, so it's kind of universal and versatile. Love your style. Uh, Ronaldo, creative director of Wish. I mean, Atlanta, you know, influenced me through my whole life. I mean, growing up in Miami, Florida, I mean, my favorite group, you know, was Young Bloods. I mean, I tell everybody all the time, the flyers, the flyers guy that I used to look up to in Miami when I was growing up was Big Gip. Um, he was the flyers of them all. I mean, he he was charismatic. He just like, yo, listen, I got attitude. I'm riding my box Chevy and I'm going to, you know, still be me. And, you know, growing up in Miami, that's all we ride is donks and box Chevys. I mean, I was like that in college. I go to Walmart, buy my Dickies, even though they was a size, I was like a size 28 back then. I was wearing a size 34. You know what I'm saying? So about that life. Right. It still is in a more, you know, curated way. But Atlanta always like like you know Andre three thousand said the South has something to say and every time you see somebody from Atlanta it's an air about them. All of my friends that are genuine from Atlanta that I meet that I love and respect, this is confidence of like yo listen I'm from Atlanta I'm from one sixty six Old National Road you know Metropolitan Stewart Avenue this is what you gonna get. Okay addresses. Bees um, <laughs> <laughs> in these streets though. Uh, look look. You know, Ronaldo style, some of your favorite rappers. Um, Quasi, before you answer, I just want to I want to give the people a little bit. Quasi started uh, selling me clothes at Ralph Lauren and he took that knowledge of his customer base, opened a store by the name of Moto 404, which he has today. And the genius about this man is that, you know, when all these fashion houses from Europe were making all these things that didn't fit high armpits, low waist jeans. He went out into the world and found the same silhouettes and cuts for things that fit us. And I just want to commend you for that because it's unheard of for an independent owner to be in business over 15 years selling fashion. Thank you you so much. Well, uh, thank you, Kenny. Um, I want to also elaborate the fact that Atlanta, when I first moved here in 1996, right after the Olympics, was incredibly a city where I was growing fast. And um, I was living downtown Atlanta at a loft, and I noticed the style was more so the classic Cortez, Nikes. It was like the dope boy fresh look with baggy Levi's and oversized white T-shirt. So we've graduated from that to the point where we have Virgil that's now making an amazing collaboration with like Nike and making it a cooler version of uh, what fashion is, you know. So our style in Moto 404 is more so international where we actually reach out to the global market where if it's a Japanese style, if it's oversized look, you can still have a, a cool effect where you're actually expressing yourself without thinking twice you know, kind of like rolling out of bed and just pulling out a cool outfit. Yeah, and I, I want you to just elaborate a little bit more because I think that 
you know, as I mean, being in business over two decades, basically, and happy new decade to everyone, by the way. You know, we this is not a new year. This is a new decade, child. Um, but but seeing Atlanta go from, you know, because when we moved here, I, you know, it was really, you know, the southern music was starting to ascend. You had LaFace Records. You had So So Deaf, Rowdy Records. You had all these things starting when you, when you came or starting to actually peak when you came. Right. But um, I, I just want to talk about how you could talk through the history and the evolution of the fashion here. Sure. Um, once upon a time, Atlanta's fashion, when I worked at Atlantic Mall, actually at Ralph Lauren, my first retail job ever was at Lord & Taylor. So um, at the time, I think, for the most part, I was in college at Clark, and I couldn't really Ow! afford... Yes, CAU? CAU. So Clark was very fashionable, and um, coming from New York to Atlanta was an, was an amazing um, just change in my life just for the fact that I went to HBCU school. But um, the fact that I met some of the most amazing people there, and are, to this day they are my friends, um, I remember just you know being in New York or wearing a lot of outdoor gear like North Face. And... Um, I've just kind of seen fashion in Atlanta just change to the point where we're more, we're actually wearing more high fashion brands. So it's incredible. Yeah, I think for me with, with Atlanta fashion, I think it's grown into the metropolis that it is. I think because of all the beautiful people that moved here to either go to school, um, to pursue a loved one, to whatever. You came last year in high school. I think Atlanta's built up of so many different cities and those cities have poured into Atlanta and now has, you know, attached themselves to not only fashion but music and everything else that has to do with lifestyle. But, you know, I remember coming here and it was country. Like, that, that's how people referred to Atlanta. They referred to everything Atlanta country, their style, their music, their whatever. And I had a certain affinity because of the tempo of the music. And I would go off the reservation because when I first came to school, Atlanta didn't fuck with the colleges. It was like, you go to college, don't come over here. But because we were in the street a little bit, we were allowed to go play. And I think when I first went to Cascade, when I would go out to Old National Highway to make my runs, like I would just, I was immersed into the culture. And, and to be honest with you, you know, Atlanta, unlike any other city in the world, that was its own thing. And then as the people started coming in and making their families here and growing, because I've been here almost three decades, and to see where it's at now, it's a true metropolitan city. It's a true thoughtful city in its offering. We're not only leading in music. We're not only leading in tech on a lot of levels and what Paul is bringing to the city. We're not only, you know, we, I mean, I would like to really dissect on who spends what. I would believe Atlanta would be in the top 10 in the world. So, you know, I just, I like, and I, and I want to challenge everyone here, like, you know, how many people are residents here, live here? And how many of you are not from here? Like, this is your home. Wherever you're from is cool. Everybody on, on this stage was not born in Atlanta. How many people weren't born in Atlanta? I want to see that. Grady, baby. Grady, baby. Jo what? Georgia, okay, so there's another hospital besides Grady. We just learned. <laughs> We just where's learned an at? important... Hold on. Shelly, where's that at? Okay. Well, the fact that it was another hospital makes me feel whole. I just... Because all you hear is Grady. But I just want to say this is our home and keep repping it the way we do. Um, I'm going to get to the next question. 
How do you think having this exhibition, how many people have seen the exhibition upstairs? Okay, well, those who haven't, um, after this, you'll be able to see it. But how do you think having this exhibition affects or inspires the creative culture or trends here? Um, a whole lot. Because if you look at the history of this, Virgil Pig did exhibit to be in Chicago first of his, in his hometown. Then he brought it to Atlanta. He could have chose any city else in the country or the world to bring it second. And for him to bring it second, that just shows the impact that we have that he the world is watching and people don't even realize it. You I know, agree. You, you think about all the dope brands out of Atlanta, like Cease and Assist, Raunchy, All Friends Welcome. BRNS. You know, BRNS, Original Fani. You know, all of these dope Fresh brands. Huh? Fresh I Am, Blessed Fresh I Am, yeah. You know, you got to think about these brands that actually live in Atlanta that is moving throughout the world that is influencing because a lot of our rappers are wearing them. And if anybody don't think that these guys like Virgil and them are not paying attention to what these young designers are doing in Atlanta, you'll be crazy. I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank I, you, I really do because I, I think that he, he might not get the credit for that. And that is a very, I mean, I'm sure he could have went to New York. Or he could have went anywhere and he brought it to Atlanta. Do you guys have any more energy with that? Sure, sure, sure. Um, one thing I appreciate about what Virgil has done is to actually express himself with like um, the political aspect of life through his art and also the fact that fashion is at its best right now ever. Where I would be in a thousand years because working at Ralph Lauren for me was a sue and talk kind of thing on a daily basis. But I started off at Polo Sport where it was more casual. Um, I was actually shopping this uh, past holiday at Louis Vuitton, and I walked into the Louis Vuitton store, and I noticed a scarf that was um, an American flag made out of fur with um, a Ghanaian flag. And I was amazed by it because it was like a, a piece of art. I was like, wow, this kid is amazing, where he's actually expressing his native roots. Me being West African native, I was touched by it because, you know, as far as like the culture is concerned in Atlanta right now, we're like the most powerful state of emergency, man. It's, it's crazy. There's a lot of good things happening in the city. We have the Tyler Perry thing popping. We have music. We have fashion. And we have people all walks of life. So, hey, let's get it, guys. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Scott? I was just going to say, um, I think it's interesting. I think we all should need to like consider the contents of the exhibit, like the pieces that he chose to display. I don't want to spoil it for those who have not seen. but There's a whole bunch of rugs up there, y'all. <laughs> It's um it's quite vast. Like he had covered a lot of bases um, with this exhibit, and the fact that, to your point, he decided that he felt Atlanta could appreciate all of the different aspects of the exhibit is really important, considering the fact that, to what you said earlier, Atlanta used to be a place that was a joke to people. Um, so I think. I think the city is finally is the pulse, and I think it's important, and people are paying attention to it. She ain't lie. People used to try to hate on Atlanta all the time. All them side side conversations. Um, this this next question is going to resonate heavy in here, and I'll be the first to say, I am one that really tries to find the value in Virgil, and not that. You know, like I said, I'm most proud that he is the first American of African descent, uh, ascent, I mean, descent to lead a men's fashion house in, you know, French fashion house. But, I mean, Italian, whatever it is, I said it earlier. Rwanda Tate. He is the first American of African descent 
to be named artistic director at a French luxury fashion house. Um, but I, tr- I, you know, I had a bad experience. You know, I, I'm a host. I host all over the world. And he ran in the booth when he was going to DJ after Q-Tip and I one time. And he was just so arrogant. So ever since then, I, I've been trying to hate on him. But I can't. I can't. I try. I'm light-skinned. I'm a Scorpio. I try. And I, and, but I can't because I think his offering is too special. But I want to read this. And then after we give you our opinions, I want to know your opinion. Because I'm going to fry him a little bit. Virgil recently made these comments uh, on Days. Virgil said, wow, I would definitely say it's going to die. He's referring to streetwear. Like, it's time will be up. In my mind, how many more T-shirts can we own? How many more hoodies? How many sneakers? I think, like, we're going to hit this, like, really awesome state of express. This is his words. Expressing your knowledge and personal style with vintage. There are so many clothes that are cool that are in vintage shops. Like people don't already shop in vintage shops. And it's just about wearing them. I think that fashion is going to go away from buying a box fresh something. It'll be like, hey, I'm going to go into my archive. Scott, I know you're a vintage shopper. Now. This is true. Not in 10 years. (laughs) Talk to your people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I I kind of have like two different um, opinions on... I'm going to play devil's advocate on my own opinion. Politically actually. correct. Um, I'll be the asshole. I, I'm a little bit, bit of an asshole in this situation too, okay? I was a little, a little disrespected by this because, first of all, you have the most popular streetwear clothing brand, and you are saying that it's going to die. So I'm just trying to figure out are you just trying to push the culture for a second and then pull out? Or, like, where are we going with this? <coughs> where are we going with this, guy? It's one side. It's just one side. The other side. Kenny got something to say. <laughs> We're very excited to hear. Um, the other side, I have been shopping in thrift stores since I was in a stroller with my grandmother. Um, there's no piece, no outfit that I go out in that does not have a vintage something a part of it. This, this, etc. Um, so I am personally excited that he feels like there is um, a new hope for the vintage world, but, but it hasn't gone anywhere. There is an entire subculture of people that specifically go to thrift stores to find personal pieces to accent outfits. So they'll go to Neiman's and find an outfit, and then they'll go to a thrift store and find a brooch as an accent piece. So it's not, we're still doing that. Um, but I guess I'm okay with him shedding some light. Ronaldo? For him to be boldly to feel like you're bigger than what made you is kind of weird. Um, oh. So. We and, need that. We and, need to sit back down in that. <laughs> and for me personally, streetwear would never die because I was raised in the streets and so streets is a guy that is fresh. Cut your cameras you know, on. <laughs> my my OGs and the guys that I look to, you know, up in Miami, we wore dicky outfit fits and wallabies and chucks and, and clarks and my uncles in there told me, don't you ever get dirty and I just give you money because all the girls are gonna love you as long as you look good and you smell good. And I live by that model. Ladies, to this is day. that true? 
So you want a thug? I know you. <laughs> <laughs> but I say all of this to say streetwear is just not one genre. It's like music. You cannot take away something that impact the world. And at the end of the day, Atlanta is a, a big representation of streetwear because streetwear is just not. Streetwear is high end to me also. You get what I'm saying? The evolution that we're starting, and I'm going to just say this to be honest, at Wish is a new definition of what streetwear is going to be. We're going to raise that standard. So when he says that streetwear is dead, so I'm going to say, well, listen, when you come to Wish, you're going to pay homage to Atlanta. Hold on. To say streetwear is dead, you got to be from the motherfucking streets. You cannot say I had to. I'm sorry. As you, long as there are, is it as long as there's a middle class and a lower class, there's always going to be street. Yeah, work. but that's this, where it came this, from. This is my issue. I'm sorry, Quasi. You get some burn this up. That's fine. You know, we talk about culture vultures, and we talk about them being white, but we have our own culture vultures. How do you create a brand called Pyrex? I got it on. Actually, how do you how do you create a a brand called Pyrex, and you can't tell me off white don't mean they're white. Sim- you hear me? And I, I'm just confused how when you're ready to move on in the sin, you leave a whole culture behind. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. 
kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. I'm sorry, you go ahead. I got something else to say after you, Kwame. Well, I come from a different era where when you actually bought fashion, it was almost like buying a piece of art. So at this point right now, to be quite honest with you, you know, fashion is at the point where when you're buying a, a, a hoodie, it's almost like you're paying $1,200 for a hoodie, and then all of a sudden you see it on sale for like $300, you realize that it's, it's oversaturated, there's no more value to it, and everybody's going to have it. So that's the, the game right there, right? Where mass production takes place, and then he, he mentions that streetwear is dead because he's made his money, now he's, he's moving on to other things. But yeah. can, I, can I say one more thing, too? Wait, hold on, no. Come on, light skin brother. Let me just say one more thing. All right, go ahead. He's quite go upset. Ahead. And then another issue that I have. You're not from Chicago. Well, hold on. No, no, Fa- no, no. Fashion Geek Zoe, is he from Chicago? Is he That's from what Illinois? I was about to say. That man out there Wait, no, let the, is the legend hold, hold to on, be. Hold on. Zoe, is he from Chicago? It's the Zoe show. Because, you know, I'm from D.C., but people from Alexandria, Virginia say they're from D.C. <laughs> Oxen Hill, Maryland. Is, that, is he from Chicago, Zoe? <laughs> so, so, but I'm going to tell you a quick story, though. In Vegas, almost 15 years ago, I was in Vegas with my godfather, John Monopoly, and him, and I saw this fashion geek, rhinestone hoodie, going up this escalator. I chased him all the way down and was like, bro, you got to give me one of these. I never got it (laughs) because this is why. He was ahead of his time. He was doing a rhinestone with the geek that Kanye wore that everybody went crazy over. I sent him a text couple of months ago, maybe a year ago, I said, bro, listen, you have to bring the geek back with the rhinestone hoodies. All right, G, I got you. Next month later, G. Chinatown Market came out with the same hoodie with the same colors with the rhinestone. When I tell you I called him and I was livid because he is the streetwear god to me. Thank Show you for respect, fly- Thank you for flying down here too. Give it up for Lonzo Jackson. Right. You know, I, I had to have somebody from Chicago in here if I was going to talk shit. Now, let me talk my shit. <laughs> so, let's go back to him saying that vintage will be the experience in 10 years. It's because he's making all that big boxy shit that's going out of style. And this is where self-serving superheroes get on my motherfucking nerves. You got to always remember, he's from the Kanye School of Universities, you hear me? But all I'm saying to y'all is, as leaders in your prospective fields, as responsible humans, we have to deliver messages that are not self-serving. This is a selfless life, or it should be. And I think he said that, my personal opinion, I don't know if any of the Fantastic Four agree, but he said that because all the shit he's making now is going to be in the thrift store, so ain't nobody going to want that shit in 10 years. That's my personal opinion. Now, I'm amazed that he is the first American of African descent. What I say early? I want to say that again because I'm very proud of that. And that takes us further and further in our plight 
to get what we came for. I am saying, though, it is irresponsible for you to take streetwear culture, launch your career, and then say, nah, it's going to be done. It's never going to be done. As long as poor people have vision and want to create, exactly. the streets will matter. And there's always going to be a disparity in class. You know this. So I just want us to be focused and hold people responsible, but also give them that credit. Because, again, I am proud that he is the first American of African, <laughs> African descent. descent to be in a fashion house. Now, what I want to do is I'm going to pick a couple of people. Now, it's some free game going on in here. So if you have questions, I've been getting DMs. Please feel free to ask them. But if you have a question and or comment, I'd just like you to raise your hand. I'm going to send Aaron to you, and you can get your thing off. You got somebody already? First and foremost, thank you all for coming. My name is Joshua Burrell. I'm a Morehouse College junior, cinema, television, and emerging media studies major, and journalism minor. Oh! Yes, Columbia, sir. Maryland, from Maryland, parents from Southeast. Okay. You know, family already, right? Southeast right, so, um, by the shrimp boat. <laughs> Plant-based lifestyle. But, um, all right, come, so, come closer to the stage. I want to see your face. You came prepared. Well, he got a paper. He matter of fact, come on stage. Get your whole say, oh. oh. Stand, stand right there. Okay. All right, let's go. All right, so um, considering, all things considered, um, how do you all think street, fa street fashion would develop um, away from fast fashion or high fashion and take more of a local or regional um, urban influence? For example, a lot of my friends make clothes, and I'm thinking that, you know, we're going to go from less of Gucci and Prada and things like that to, like, uh, my friend makes some nice clothes, I'm going to buy that off him, and I'm going to represent myself through the people around me, what they make, you know? So what are you all's well, thoughts um, on that? Well, I think what you have, um, the great world and the great family over at Wish, um, we more are supporting the community in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And my thing was, as I became a creative director, I wanted to take Atlanta to the world and to showcase young, talented designers that deserve that right and to make them as high fashion respected as Gucci, Louis, and all these other respected brands. And it all just come to the point that the community has to support y'all. If I see a young designer, your stuff is fire, I'll buy it. I have to present it to the guys that may be at Wish and say, listen, I believe in this brand, that this brand deserves to be represented in our store that the world looks at as an establishment of Wish because once a young designer gets into that store, that changes your life. So then when Barney's or somebody come talk to you, now you have the legs saying that this city and this foundation of Wish supported us. So the thing is that the community, we just have to get behind the young designers and push y'all just as well as we go push anything else that is major. Yeah, uh, Sky and I had the opportunity to come to Clark Atlanta University um, during the Revolt Music Conference. And there was a uh, festival of sorts, really. I mean... Market Thursday. Market Thursdays. See, she's not far removed from college. I'm 20-something ah. years out that motherfucker. <laughs> but what you need to think about, young blood, you need to think about how can you put your clothes or your friend's clothes on someone's back. I think a lot of times especially in a city like Atlanta, people are like, how can I get on? Well, they walk through Lennox every day. They walk through Phipps every day to buy something. Run up on them. You see them little kids out there trying to sell water and candy and everything else? <laughs> Go on, sell your clothes. And I, I, would, I would encourage your friends, even on a Market Thursday situation, you know, I remember when I was at the, in the AUC, the formerly defunct Morris Brown. No, anybody? Okay, great. 
But I would encourage the AUC to figure out some type of unity or union, rather, where you can put those collectives together and have an offering like a Market Thursday. I think it's a beautiful way. You good? Thank you for your question. We got one more question coming? Over here. Okay, let's go. Hi, I'm hey, Ada. I am the co-founder of a brand called Floor Plan, and we do thematic retail experiences that change on a yearly basis. And I wanted to know how, um, as Macy's and other big box retailers are closing, how can new emerging retailers um, help streetwear brands, beauty brands, um, these emerging entrepreneurs thrive? Well, I have two. So, yes. what is the so, well, you know, to answer your question, right now, in our new era, there's social media. So, social media is one of the, the things where you can actually, you know, kind of promote your business. And um, for the most part, have you ever worked at a retail job at all? Pop, pop hotels? Pop up shops. Pop up shops, okay. So, um, you know, with me, my personal experience started off with my first job, like I said earlier. It was Lord and Tailored, and then I moved on to J. Crew, and after J. Crew, it was Polo Sport. And once I stepped into the Ralph Lauren world, it was amazing the fact that this man just created this lifestyle, and then I crossed over to the men's suits. So um, I, I learned so much. It was like the, going to like a, a school of fashion, you know? And um, as you know, fashion changes. What goes around comes around. So um, for this particular question, I would say to actually keep striving and don't give up and keep promoting your brand. And um, also be specific about your target market, you know? Because a lot of times I've noticed in Atlanta, people kind of think, oh, a sweatshirt and a t-shirt is a clothing line. No, it's not. It's a whole collection. And it's, there has to be a certain lifestyle behind it also. You know, if you look at, um, well, people don't know, Andre 3000 had a clothing line called Benjamin Bigsby. And Benjamin Bigsby actually launched at Barney's and also launched at um, Neiman Marcus. And most people really weren't aware of it at the time. Um, they actually pulled it because it the sales were pretty low. And it was kind of like a spinoff of Ralph Lauren. It was the equestrian lifestyle where he sold you the fur jacket, the rugby shirts, and so on. Um, so my thing is most uh, boutiques and, and um, vendors want to actually see a lifestyle. You know, if it's like a equestrian lifestyle or if it's like a, a, you know, I don't know, cycling or something like that. If it's just a hoodie and a saying, it's kind of like blah, you know. Um, but one thing, again, the fact that this is Virgil's show and we're honoring him, there's a lot of cool things that you guys can see. And we frying him a little bit. Well, well, to be honest with you, minimalistically, he's impeccable and he's done so many political things in fashion that if you're able to see it, you'll understand it. So it has to be a message behind your fashion sense, you know, because you, you can't think for yourself. Sometimes you got to start slowly and gradually, once people get a hold of your brand, then you can express yourself freely. Um, one thing before the gentleman screamed out brick and mortar, I personally think that you don't need department stores. I think exactly. if you are in your prospective markets and you want to have a foundation, buy property and sell your stuff on your property. I think that, you know, we, to Quasi's point, we have an opportunity with social media that is unheard of. So there's an online component. But I think people want to see you. I think they want to see your brand. I think they want to have an experience. And like the gentleman said, I don't know who said it, but I think that it should be some ownership in the properties. A lot of this rent, and I mean, you've been renting, you know. Yeah, for 14 years For 14 now. years. Buckhead. And it's And the it, rent keeps going up. Yeah. <laughs> But it's nothing like owning your property and paying it off and having your stuff for sale. 
Um, I 100% agree. I also want to let you guys know that you guys are doing an amazing job, Ada. Like, you guys are absolutely amazing. You guys just opened, and you guys are making waves. So congratulations to you guys on that. Um, but also continue creating this world around the brand. The brand is new right now, but that doesn't mean that you can't create this, like, this world around it. So figure out exactly who, who you're targeting and then push that create these pop-ups in there, and then also move, your space is, is, is like concrete for now, but also you said your background is in pop-up shops. Do pop-up shops in Atlanta that push your business back to your brick and mortar. That's fine. The city is big, and it's also small, but people talk. So make sure you create this world, and then also bring the business back. Another yeah, thing I that, agree with the pop-ups. Yeah. I agree with the pop-ups. Another thing that actually works, too, is visuals. You know, It's a lifestyle. Again, even when you're working at your workshop or getting ready to set up your, your shop, do, do a, short film, a short film to kind of show the world what you're working on, and people are really loving that nowadays, or even go live online. You know, just don't buy your, don't buy your likes and your um, followers. Dope. We got some more dope people with dope questions. My name is Anita Bryant. I'm from D.C., South Dakota Avenue. Okay, real D.C. Real D.C., yeah. What I wanted to ask you is, in D.C., there are d designers that are trying to, uh, to amp up the the manufacturing and infrastructure. I'm wondering what you guys are doing to improve manufacturing of, of your products to create jobs and give you all longevity. Yes. Well, first and foremost, I was inspired from Washington, D.C. to do fashion in general. When I was growing up, do y'all remember EU the butt? They're too young, bro. So there was a song. They're not too young. Everybody know the butt. But there was a video that you might not remember, and they had this, this, this store called The Madness Shop. And The Madness Shop inspired me beyond belief because it was the neighborhood shop, and they would always make clothes to match back to your sneakers. I see, you know, remnants of that in Chicago with Fashion Geek Zone, not that he got it from D.C., but just the neighborhood shop is always respected. Um, and value because, you know, they grew up with the person, they know the person, they know the authenticity behind the brand. As far as, as, far as fortifying opportunities and, you know, manufacturing for smaller companies, I think, like, my, my son is four, uh, 15 years old. He has a clothing line called BRNS. His mom and I, to your point of pop-ups, went to our friend on our first collection, and he gave us his store free of charge. We made $42,000 in two days. He didn't charge me, but I think those are the things that help business. We are a community. We are a village. It takes a village. If I know manufacturers, printers, uh, graphic designers, I'm totally willing to share. Um, and I think a lot of time as creatives, y'all, we don't want to share because we think that someone's going to steal our swag when no one can do you like you. That's one. And then two, if you're a real creative, a new idea comes up in a, in a millisecond. So... Don't be afraid to lend um, your uh, manufacturers, your distributors, your creative uh, graphic designers, people that you know can help someone out because, you know, just like the question back to department stores, that's, that's, that, those are dinosaurs. People aren't even consuming in stores like they used to. So it's going to take new creative ways and obviously us helping each other to go forward. Anybody else? Yeah. I got a mic. I have the mic right here. Okay, there we go. I would like to add some clarity to a lot of the Atlanta questions. I'm from Atlanta, the West End. Um, yeah, um, we were not a joke, Sky. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And we were not country, Kenny. We considered Southern. This is just a Southern area. We hey, never hey, hey, D-Map, D-Map, don't you ever disrespect your brother, your big brother in public. <laughs> you, you not being from, you not being from, like being from out of town. I said I was providing clarity. Okay, all right, I love you. Said. It's Continue. my perspective. Yes, that's from what I was saying. From LA, I, that's what but I, I appreciate it. So as streetwear designers, I totally understand what Virgil was saying because urban birthed streetwear. And if you remember, urban doesn't exist anymore. So it has, streetwear has to birth something new. It has to evolve. That's what fashion does. And because he's in that position, he's not leaving us behind. He's telling us that we were designing $35 t-shirts. Now we can design $300 t-shirts in a luxury platform. So if we follow the path that he's making, then we're able to put ourselves in a position to not only like thrive like Ada is asking, or like the young man is asking, we can now make real profits and actually make a life from being designers. It's a very difficult path. Preach. DMAP actually designed the first collection for my son, first, second, and third. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't brother. know you was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, no, but I, I agree with, um, and we're gonna go to the next question, but I agree 100% where the evolution conversation comes in. But the word street is never going anywhere. Where isn't going anywhere. So however you phrase it, however you want to call black people urban, all that shit is connotation. I'm talking about the spirit and the selfishness, uh, sorry, the, self, the selfishness of the statement. And that, that's where we, now this is a, the first American of African descent in a luxury house. You have the world on your shoulders. You have the responsibility of generations on your shoulders. You cannot discourage someone who is in the streets from creating. That's discouraging. And we'll go to the next question. But thank you, DMAP, for clarifying all of that. Uh, first off, I admire everything you guys are doing. Um, I really love thank what you, you do, uh, Kenny. Um, with uh, just from college, being a promoter all the way to what you've done now and the legacy you've created. Thank you. Um, but my question is, where in a moment did you guys turn your passion into a legacy that you've created and a business for yourself? Because um, at one point, you were just a fly kid in high school or you were just a popular kid in college. Um, and that's kind of something that, you know, I've always kind of thought about myself. Oh. That's a great question. Very good question. <laughs> Thank oh. you for shouting me out. Um, <laughs> you know what? Who was popping before Instagram? Individually. Yeah, put them motherfucking hands down. <laughs> so for me, I think I realized my superpowers when it became no longer about me. And the first time I got some real money, I took all of my best friends, gave them $40,000 a year, and we moved to California. And I felt like Growing up as friends, it was my responsibility because we said we were going to do things together. When we moved to California, we started this record label. We had a girl group called Dream. He loves me. He loves... Okay, great. Biggest debut of girl groups behind the Spice Girls. But when that started happening, everybody's passion started to arise. I think, you know, in life, you think that, you know, your friends are supposed to go with you. They're going to go with you all the way. I think for me, that was defined, the defining moment. I knew I had things to offer. I knew that I can offer them to millions of people and not just the 10 that moved with me 
to um, to L.A. But I think that was a defining moment. And then it was about teaching people what I know. You know, D. Nice and I had this thing called the Nice and Burn Show, and we're creating a curriculum where we're going to colleges and universities to speak because all history is is stories about things that happened in the past. All English is are really kind of stories of things that happened in the past. And I think hip-hop culture, uh, lifestyle culture now, um, black culture, um, it's so important to share what we know. And I think that was the defining moment for me because I wanted to share what I knew. I had an unconventional story. I had a non-traditional blueprint. I was a convicted felon at 18, single mother. Like the whole, if, if, if I was to post a child, put it on the screen, they don't have it. If I was to post a child for he ain't going to make it, it would have it it have been that. So I just think that you know selflessness, guys. And this goes back to my dear from from D.C. Like we have to share all the information. We have to share all the information. We can't hold all the information so close to our chest that other people cannot benefit from. Because I think that we're doing a disservice. But that was when I jumped off the porch. My question to you, and of course I understand all of y'all are busy. I've been in your DMs before in about three years about being a mentor. But Kenny, yes. I'm asking you. You, you fucked up, Ronaldo. Why is you at? Why is hey, you, hey, you so at? Let, let, me, let me just say this. Let me hey, just say but, this. But real I'm, talk. The most, I'm the most non-social media person. No, no, he, he's not. No, no, it's our respect. It's our respect. I ain't, you know, I ain't throwing you under the bus play. No, I promise okay. you I ain't. But uh, no, real talk though. Um, and I actually opened this up for all four of you because the closed mouth don't get fed. If you will be open to possibly mentoring me, because oh. I want to take my, my. At this point, I work with the mayor. I actually have a culture fest day in my city in Augusta, Georgia, August twenty fifth. Um, so we've been doing. So she's shooting. So she shoot, hold on, hold on. She's shooting the hell out of her shot. Get, give her the mic. Give Yo. her the mic. I'm gonna say this. Hold on, Nardo, and then you can defend yourself. I tell everybody that wants to be mentored, let me see your face in the place. If you're around me enough and we have a conversation, we connect, it's organic, it's easy. So don't nobody ask that shit the rest of the night. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm, anyone in here that knows me, I speak to everybody, I answer every question if I'm in the vicinity, but I think the best way for you to get on is to show people what you have to offer and we'll go forth. You want to defend yourself because she fried you a little bit. No, she's a, she's a, a queen. I, I, Hey. Fry her. <laughs> bro, I don't go back and forth with no woman, nah, bro. Who got the next question, y'all? Um, so can you be my mentor? No, I'm just <laughs> So um, I'm from Atlanta and went to Howard. So H U You know, you know. So coming from Atlanta and going to Howard, I feel like that kind of made me think differently about fashion. Um, but I kind of want to bring the conversation back to Virgil and even Dapper Dan, like why, why is it that we have to attach to these high fashion brands? Like there's so many designers in Atlanta, DC, LA, New York that have popping shit to be honest. So it's like, why does, why do we have to attach to high fashion? Like why can't we seek out these people on social media and use that and then when you do get the platform as Virgil people talk about his attitude all the time I mean I can't say which way but Dapper Dan even on the breakfast club he kind of was on some I'm trying to be international it's like when you get to a certain level 
you leave the community behind that basically gave you all your swag, everything that you have, all your making. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Well, let, let me just cut. Hold on. The Dapper Dan situation is not accurate. Dapper Dan in the 80s, he would steal basically from MCM, Gucci, but he was the hottest thing cracking. So he got in some issues with that and couldn't really do it. But the God works in mysterious ways. He designed a particular garment that was his design, his pattern, his thought, right? Gucci remade it and didn't ask him. And then he went to Gucci and said, you know, this man's 70-something years old. Y'all took my design. I want, you know what I'm saying, my Harlem haberdashery to get back popping. And that, that's basically what happened to Dap. And I, and I, and I want to say this. That's rare in general 
But for him to get his due, please, God, give it all to him now because he, he had a big gap from the 80s to the 2019, 18 before he really saw his due. So, Ronaldo? Um, I just tell people to do what they say. Don't talk about it. If you're going to support somebody, if a guy say, yo, my T-shirt cost $50, bro, I'm not going to ask you for no discount. I'm going to give the man his $50. You know what I'm saying? The same way if your friend that's in this circle or anybody that's in here, just because you don't see a celebrity wear it, that doesn't mean that it's, high, it's not high fashion. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody in here, put that same effort and live by what you say. If you say that you want to support and get these young designers to this pedestal, that's what I do. As a stylist for 15 years, I could say, in this room, I don't put designers on celebrities and gave them to look alive. You get what I'm saying? And I could stand by that. And guess what? I gave the designers what they asked for and I gave them the money and said, I support you because if I didn't know you, I still would have brought it anyway. So it's just like you just got to live by what you, you believe in and what you say. And I come from a different code. So if, if I believe in you, I'm a rock with you either. And if you're sitting beside a Louis and your stuff is in the same store, if I like it, I'm going to buy yours first. I'm going to walk out. And that's what it has to be. That's right. But well, we got to stop hating on each other. And first, that's another the thing. Ego's got to go out of the way. This is the problem. People, black and brown people, the biggest haters in the world. And, and, and until we support each other, like, is there a baby? Is there a whole baby in this motherfucker? A couple of them. Give me my, give me my baby. I, I, I thought I was hearing shit, but I think I think the problem is, and the ultimate answer to your question is, we would be better off from a you know fashion standpoint if we supported each other. There's a lot of amazing designers in the world that just don't get half the chance because oh no, I'm gonna go get that Balenciaga, I'm gonna go get that whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it's cool to have all of that. It's cool to be. But involve your community as well. Hi, how is everybody doing? Um, when you asked the question, you said, how does Virgil inspire Atlanta? Immediately, my mind went to, how does Atlanta inspire Virgil? Because at the end of the day, um, I used to work at Louis Vuitton. I worked there for about two years. I've seen, I'll call some people out. I've seen a couple of you guys in there. Um, you sold me some shit, boo. No, you only uh, work with, no. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I, get him. He black. You get black. him. He no, but I ain't working with Claude. But anyway, no more. anyway, I ain't working I, with Claude no more. <laughs> Claude is like a total sweetheart. And he but, loves um, Virgil. Jesus. Yes, Christ. he does. So anyway, what I'm saying is, we inspire the streets. We, I mean, fashion. The streets inspire fashion. That happened even back from the '80s, even further than that. So you know. What I'm trying to say is Atlanta, Louis Vuitton is about to go to two stories, okay? This is before Virgil even got on. So it's not a coincidence that he has his exhibit here in Atlanta. Atlanta has the highest sales associate in the Louis Vuitton company in, a, in America. I mean, I'm probably saying too much, but... Um, <laughs> and it's, he's, in men, he's in menswear. Yeah, so... Please. Um, if you go inside of Louis Vuitton or you go inside of a lot of those high-end stores, it's streetwear, it's hip-hop, it's black people. So streetwear is never going anywhere. Hip-hop is Hello? never yeah. going anywhere. Hello? Black people are never going anywhere. So, so 
you know, it's just kind of preposterous to me the way he kind of like, you know, said that. I just thought that that was just real. So to, like, answer, your, irresponsible. So to answer your question, though, he has people that's from Atlanta around him. You got Ann Connor. You got my brother Blue that with two chains that just did the Virgil discount. You know what I'm saying? He has the South around him because we are everything from the back when James Brown and everybody stole his style. He is influenced because he's paying attention to Atlanta because people from Atlanta is telling him what is cool. Once you come to Atlanta, there is nowhere else in the world that like this. When you get off that off that plane, the energy that you feel here is never nowhere else ever in life. You know what I'm saying? So like even when I go to Paris on Tuesday to represent with Wish, they gonna know he, that he, I'm he's from gonna Atlanta. drop that in. I'm going to Paris. Yeah, you're right. I'm going over right. to Paris on Tuesday. Guess what? When they see me, they go know They're I'm from Atlanta. Annoying. And guess what? I'm wearing Atlanta designers the whole time. I got my whole outfit. I'm wearing raunchy the first day. I'm wearing all friends welcome the next day. I'm representing everybody that's from Atlanta. So when somebody watches, they see me walking. They're going to say, bro, where you? I'm from Atlanta. Well, I live in Atlanta, and that's where the best thing in the world is at. So if you want this, you got to come to Atlanta, come to Wish, and we're going to supply you, and then you go back home, and you tell the world where you got it from. So trust me, when I'm, it's going to be respected. That's why that outcast mural is over there in Little Five Points. You know what I'm saying? So he is respected, and, and he has that influence around him every day, trust me. So it's all right, little baby. We got you. All right, I appreciate y'all. What's going on? How y'all doing? All right. South America, New York, and I've been in Atlanta for about 15 years. Uh, my question is, it's going to be a little off-putting, but uh, uh, Nipsey Hussle been getting that new legend, non-legend kind of status, but it's the same thing for streetwear. Uh, I've been shopping at Motor 404 since it started, since before Respect. the new building. Respect. I've been shopping at Wish. I'm trying to get some of that Coca-Cola, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I see you. I see you, Kenny Burns. Um, but how can we give our flowers to the new streetwear, the new street legend? Because I'm definitely a consumer. A lot of what I got on has just been paid for on the regular. I ain't a designer. I ain't coming up. But how can we give our flowers to the new streetwear, the old streetwear, or the Atlanta streetwear as a whole? I say go buy their whole collection out. Every time they do a pop-up, every time they drop something, go buy it. The whole thing? The whole thing. <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta fashion is up for grabs. Atlanta streetwear is up for grabs. There, to your point, there's nobody leading the pack that everyone across the world has to have. I think it has to be supported locally before it can be supported worldwide. The efforts that everyone here from Quasi putting in his store, from you know, Ronaldo putting it in his store from Sky just being fly. Like, I think you have to literally support it. And I don't know, you know, to, to, to his point, yes, buy it, wear it. But at the end of the day, tell people about it. And, I, you know, and that's the only way we can grow and own fashion like we own music. And I think that also this, is, this conversation is coming full circle because it has a whole pop-up like experience where the clothes could be in her store. When they're in her store, you can buy them. And this is a cycle. So we have literally in this room, we have the designers, we have the brick and mortar, we have the promoters, we have the fashionistas. Everybody is here. It's just about utilizing each other. Come on. We got three more questions out here. What's up? Uh, my brother? name is Amir. Uh, I got a clothing line called Amir James. 
And my question is, how do we develop a fashion house of our own to build that value for, for black designers? We got a gang of talent out here. How do we develop a fashion house of our own to cultivate the talent to bring it up and through? Um, yeah, I was about to say it's exactly here. It's, said, it's, yeah. Well, we said it a couple times. It's here. But, you know, brick and mortar is a smart way if you want a fashion house to build your own fashion house. I don't, I don't think that there's, you know, there's a guy by the name of Hideaki uh, who does custom clothing. And I don't know if y'all know what he's doing, but he has five floors of awesomeness from lounges to bespoke areas to get fitted to play pool watch TV. So I think you got to build it. You build it, they will come. My name's Latoya. I'm from North Carolina, and my question is for Skye. Hey, girl. Um, what advice would you give to other young women trying to enter into a Caucasian or male-dominated field, such as fashion and set design, and how do you enter into some of these environments if you're not really, where, not really sure where to begin at? I've been waiting for that question. Thank you very much for asking. As the only woman on this panel right now, I would like to speak to my ladies. Um, it is quite difficult, and it takes a lot of time and perseverance and thick skin. And that comes from being knocked down many times by many different situations. But if you, have, if you know for a fact that, that whatever you're doing is exactly what God puts you on this earth for, there's literally nothing that anybody else can do to you. Like, you literally get knocked down, and you wake up in the morning— and you think to yourself, like, well, what else would I be doing with my life? This is what the fuck I want to do, right? So you just keep on going. You, ha you can't stop. Um, as it relates to being a woman in a male-dominated sector, um, so I'm a set designer. I build sets for music videos, photo shoots, TV shows, stuff. Um, and I have been the only woman in situations many times. Um, but sometimes that's, that's my advantage. Um, I can be the voice of reason in situations where there's a lot of male energy and people look to me for the, to be the voice of reason. So you just have to figure out how to use you and your talents to your advantage and then figure out how to like work the system. So what exactly do you want to do? What well, you do? I would, love, I would love to get your contact and um, I would love to bring you onto a set with me the next time I have something. Look at God. I love you, Sky. I, I would like to just say this, and I know I'm not a woman. You know, you can detect bad energy off the rip. And I think there's a lot of the times we think we're supposed to put up with some bullshit to get something. And I promise you that is not the way to go. And also, we, we tend to put our hopes in false prophets' hands. We tend to put ourselves in people's way that really don't want to do nothing but for themselves. And I, I've worked with everybody. And you could Google me and look at the pictures in the history, but I want to really share that 90% of these people wasn't trying to help me. I had to find a way. You're going to have to deal with something in life because there's, there's shit around every corner. But you're going to have to be able to detect the bullshit quicker than, than before you get on your clothes. And I'm stressing this to y'all because I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs in here. 
And it's hard to go through life knowing that there's so many evil people and so many people that don't want to help you. But you have to know that you are one of one and that you are necessary and that you have a purpose on this earth. And you have to have that mindset when those doors get closed or those people aren't giving that helping hand up. And you have to be unapologetic about what you want. You have to. And also, we, we'll get to the next uh, talk where there's a difference between what you want and what you need. But go after what you want because you seem like you're in your early 20s. <laughs> I just want to add one more the thing. The rest will that. work yourself out. I just want to add one more thing to that. So you said interior and set design. So... Having done, I've done both of those, interior for Club Daydreams and set design for Trap Music Museum and Motel 21 in Jadena. For Having done both of those, people have told me to choose many, many times. They told me, like, choose one thing and just, like, put all of your energy into that, which is valid. But if you don't, honestly, if you don't know which one you want to do, continue doing both. It's going to make you tired. But that's fine. You're young. Where it's time for you to be tired. You can work. Um, do both until you figure out which one weighs heavier and then choose. Don't let people tell you that, don't let people limit you because that's something that I wish someone would have told me when I was younger. So be, that's very important. And if you work long enough, they'll pay you to be you. Trust me. We got. Yes. Right here, right here. I'm sorry, right. brother. I didn't mean to look you that's off. Right, I, can't, I can't see. They turn them goddamn lights. Respect to the whole <laughs> panel up there. And Thank respect you. to my man right here, track star. I still remember those days and Ken Byrne. But, but the retail model is about capital, brand awareness, and distribution, right? So where do you see Nipsey Marathon Store fitting into that and being the distribution for some of these streetwear brands coming up if he's putting them into our neighborhoods? And the, the way I view it is kind of like the strip club. Where, a lot. Where, where Future and the rest of these attention. guys would bring their mixtapes and put it out there. So if you have these distribution outlets like a Nipsey store and others where local people can bring their stuff and market it into the streets, how do you see that working? It's just like Wish, or it's just like we're talking about with these brick and mortar concepts. If you build a store and you want to have multiple, I mean, I'm on year. I mean, there's, there's a lot of them, social status. There are a lot of them that are popping up and actually what you're, what you're saying. As far as, sadly enough, the marathon thing, I think that's a phase. I don't know how long that would last as a distribution hub, but I do applaud Wish. I applaud I'm on year, Motor 404, social stuff. These are the hubs you're talking about. And they should be, just like Ronaldo was just mentioning, the hubs for Atlanta streetwear culture, for streetwear culture in general. If you have an opportunity to present that, that's the distribution you're talking about. And I think it's happening. I think we should celebrate it more. I know my first trip is still to wish for shoes. I go certain place for certain things. I go to Quasi for certain... So, you know, I think that as they grow, the model should grow, um, and there'll be more distribution opportunities for streetwear brands or brands in general. And I could just say openly that um, I'm approachable to any brand. Um, if it's amazing, I will present it, especially the team of, of you know us at Wish. If we believe in it as well as that, because we're going to support everything that comes out of Atlanta that you, anybody could pull up on me. 
You know what I'm saying? If you got a, a major dope brand and stuff, pull up on me, meet me outside in the back in the parking lot. And we should we gonna you talk about stop inviting thing. people to pull up on you. <laughs> this is the A. But no, it's an open door house that, you know, and it's a family at which that we're open to anybody. If we feel like your business is, is in order, we're gonna support that because it is a business, like you said. And if it's not in order, I'm, that's my responsibility to tell you this is what you need to do so then I can put it in wish so we can support you to the world. And so like any brand out here, I openly say, feel free to come pull up on me. We have a conversation, have your line sheets and everything like that because that's what Wish is a family we're going to do is support Atlanta and take it to the world because we want everybody just to feel like if they come need a brand that they could come to Wish and get it only in Atlanta because it is Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we support it. You know, but just don't don't be don't be scared, man. Just pull up, man. If it's amazing, I'm gonna rock with it. All right, we got one more question. We're gonna close the remarks and get over to this. Uh, okay. Good evening. I appreciate y'all coming out. When I saw ATL Street, where it was gonna be here tonight, I was like, I'm there definitely. Uh, one thing, like they're saying, is obviously ATL. We have it. When I look at these brands, like in California, I see I know, how many people in here got vans. I know people got. Pull the mic up closer on. to you, champ. I know I got people got vans on. I look at Brixton. I look at RVCA. I look at Levi's. I look at the California Republic. All those are California brands coming out of Orange County. And when I look at those brands, I say, what are they doing? They encapsulate, they, they capturing the surf culture, the skate culture. We have our culture, all right? And it's the music. So like they said, we got a lot of dope brands in Atlanta. Let's remain and stick together just like we've done in the music. But as we stick together, Let's make sure we got our business tight. One thing for me is, you know, when I'm looking at somebody like, you know, the Rock, Rockefeller, you know, Rock Nation and what they're doing with planes, they're looking for extra strategies. They want to remain some ownership. But what I'm also looking at is we here. I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the room. There's a lot of brands in the room. But one question I haven't heard tonight was, obviously, we get to a certain point and we're like, all right, I spent this much money. I need a little push. Where's the investors at? Where's the venture capitalists at? I'm down. Raise your hands. You down possible. meaning you got the money or you looking for an investor? I'm looking for an down? investor. And once again, I'm sorry, my name is Ant Mathis. I represent Atlanta Goods Company. And if it's possible, can y'all invite some of the investors, venture capitalists, and stand up here before we leave tonight? Thank you, my brother. No, I, I'm gonna tell y'all this though, and to his point, Money ain't hard to find. It's just where you looking for it. And I promise you, good brother, there's so many people with disposable income in Atlanta and that come through Atlanta. You know, I would, I would plot and plan a little different. I would look, you know, I don't know if you know about Paul Judge, but he has an incubator on the tech side that he puts smack in the, in the middle of the city. And they have, every month, they give away $100,000 to a business in tech. Figure out your app part of your clothing game Trick the system, get the bag, give me 10%. <laughs> Do we have time for one more question? One more. Can, can Ronaldo get the plaid guy? You said you saw somebody, Ronaldo? Yeah, I'm, I'm the plaid guy. <laughs> hey, what's up, you guys? Uh, I'm Scott Freeze, Atlas Clothing, Six Feathers Clothing. I was born in Atlanta. Shout out. Just want to say, Ronaldo and... Dude, been following your curve forever. Been going to Wish since they had the DJ booth up top. Moda 44, Ag Killers like an old homie. 404. Yeah, 404. Kenny Burns, a specialist. Anyway, man, like what I want to just say is how inspired I am, but what I'm seeing tonight, 
It's, it's amazing to see this amount of people here engaging and seeing streetwear culture and just fashion culture in general in the city. I've been here so long, I've seen since it was super country and the shit wasn't popping. And even if you were white and you hung out with black people, people would like think you were crazy. And so I'm saying, you know, to see this and be part of this and watch what you guys are doing and see how you're pushing the culture and how long you've been doing it for. I've been messing with Wish and since I was a little boy. You know what I mean? And now I've come up in this thing and we're doing some things. We're, we're making some moves finally. And it's nice to be part of this. And so what I wanted to stand up and say to everybody in this room is you're all part of this. And we have a real opportunity right now to really take Atlanta to the next level. And I see it happening. And it's so inspiring. It opens my heart. It opens my mind. And I'm just I'm so honored to be part of this. And I wanted to tell the people on the stage I've been watching y'all for a long time. And it's so nice to see you on that stage. It's so nice to, to have this conversation. I want to wear your shit. Yo, bro, I'm going to send you a bunch of that shit. I want to buy it. Yo, pull up on me tomorrow. How about Yo, that? I want to buy it. Yo, my go guys. To I got you. Varsity. We got a studio down the road. I got y'all. But like straight up like. I have honor in what you've done and what you're doing, and it really has gone come a long way, and it's an honor also to be here at this growth in the city, and everybody in this room who's part of this and pushing, like, don't be discouraged. I can't tell you how many times I've been hungry and just kept going despite everybody said that's not going to work, and now we're at a moment when it's going to work. The music popped, the film popped, and now it's our turn to pop. And so, thank you for what you've done in the community, and, and you guys thank rock. You, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm not editing that out. That's hold on, hold on. That was great. Uh, hold on. This is crazy, y'all. I, I kind of, I pay attention to everything. You remember that one artist that I told you that inspired me, coming from Miami? He's right here to the right of me. I see him. Hey, Gib. Gib. Respect. Oh, give you the whole time. Yo. The mutants in the building. Yes, sir. Listen. Yes, sir. Well, you inspired the whole fashion game for me for a young man out of the South. I'll tell you that already. Hold on. Can yes, you sir. put that image on the, on the screen from, the, from Wish, from the back of Wish? So we're going to give our uh, closing uh, remarks, guys. Um, I don't have too much to say, but Atlanta, you know, thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity uh, on the behalf of Wish. We opening it back up February. We got some amazing stuff, guys, about to change and push the culture of Atlanta to the sky. Um, all I'm going to say is the boss lady is really going to be mad at me, but we building the baddest motherfucking store in Atlanta. The shit is going to be incredible. I promise you, I'm going to go broke because all my money going to go back in the store. But... Y'all have a home to come to. It's going to be an experience, man. And like, feel free, man. Our staff is amazing. Justin Malachi, you know what I'm saying? Ladies, you know, we have an amazing photographer named Nikon P. So guess what? If y'all want to come model for us, we support it. If you want to get your model on, you have a home. You know what I'm saying? Wish is there, man. And we supporting everything in Atlanta. So just come pull up on her. You know, I'll sit outside with you in the back, you know, go to Zestos or something. But thank you. I just want to say thank you so much for coming and spending your time to listen to us ramble for the past hour and a half. Um, thank you for being a part of this conversation with us and pushing this culture forward. Um, and from a personal, a personal note, thank you, Atlanta, for welcoming me. I've been here for 13 years, and I truly became a woman at this, at this city, and my business grew here. Shout out to the Trap Music Museum. I see y'all back there. James back there. Oh, uh, I see y'all. 
Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you again, Atlanta, for coming out tonight. This is a big deal, and um, I hope that we continue to actually have these type of panels so we can have some uh, input and also some feedback from you guys. And I wouldn't be in business for you guys for 15 years, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Fila, forever I love Atlanta. Oh, that was hard. Shout out to Aaron. I like the way you ended that player. Yeah, me. Peace, peace, peace. So can y'all stand up with me on my last one? First of all, I want to give a shout out to these beautiful human beings for joining me uh, on, this, on this panel. I, I do want to say this. It's okay to hold your superheroes accountable. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to have discussion because, see, the only way we can fortify our community is if we have conversation. We cannot point fingers, we cannot blame. We can hold people accountable though. So please, if you're going to join us in the hallway, we'll say hi and take pictures and do all that. Aaron, are we gonna go straight over? Is everybody getting in free? Shout out to Aaron and you. Everybody gets in for free. There's a discount at the shop, 20% off. So buy your face off. So buy. Everything is free. Peace. All the coffee table books. <laughs> All the shirt. No, God bless y'all. We'll see y'all upstairs. The dream is real.